0: Hi, my name is Susan, and I'm here to talk to you about mindfulness as part of World Mental Health Day. I am a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach, an Associate Certified Coach with the International Coaching Federation, and a graduate of the Palouse Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Course. I am currently an AWARE Specialist and deliver a six-week telephone-based mindfulness program. I'm going to begin with Jon Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness. He says, mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention, on purpose, in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So who is Jon Kabat-Zinn, you may ask, and why would I begin this podcast with a quote from him? Professor Emeritus John Kabat-Zinn founded the world-renowned Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Clinic in 1979 and the Center for Mindfulness Medicine, Healthcare, and Society in 1995. These programs at the University of Massachusetts School of Medicine helped bring mindfulness into mainstream society. So where did it all start? The concept of mindfulness has its roots in the Buddhist tradition of meditation, which has existed for several thousand years. And since the 1970s, its techniques have been used to develop interventions aimed at increasing focus and productivity and reducing stress and mild chronic pain. The word meditation may be intimidating for some. Many people think of meditation as sitting on a hillside under a tree with crossed legs in silence, pushing out thoughts and thinking of nothing and say, I can't do that. (laughs) Meditation is not for me. Although meditation and mindfulness share a lot in common, such as being present and experiencing sensations, mindfulness can be done anywhere and for as little as a couple seconds. Mindfulness also has its roots in science. Studies have shown that people who practice mindfulness report an increased ability to relax, a greater excitement for life, and increased self-esteem and self-confidence. One study, supported by the National Institutes of Health, found a link between mindfulness meditation and measurable changes in the brain regions involving memory, learning and emotion a major benefit of mindfulness is that it encourages you to pay attention to your thoughts your actions and your body so how can i do it and how can it help me as i mentioned before you can do mindfulness practices anywhere and in a few and a few seconds can make a difference There are two ways to practice mindfulness that can benefit you at work and in your personal life. A mindfulness practice or exercise can help to calm you, ground you, and reset you. These practices can involve deep breathing, body scans, and visualizations. Imagine you are waiting to pitch your idea in a meeting at work. You're nervous, your palms are sweaty, and you feel your heart pumping. A succession of deep breaths while counting a muscle tension and release exercise or visualizing yourself as successful can help better prepare you to go into that meeting calmer and more self-confident. So let's give one of these a try. Close your eyes and on your in-breath, raise your shoulders all the way to your ears and tighten all the surrounding muscles. Pause for a moment, and on the out breath, slowly release your shoulders and let them float down towards the floor. When they are completely slack, roll them forward and roll them backwards. So that only took a few seconds. And hopefully, you are able to relax your shoulders. Try it again sometime with other muscle groups in your body. Another effective technique is using the word stop or halt or another word that you choose. When you are beginning to get stressed or overwhelmed, this concept is where you stop what you're doing, breathe, observe yourself and your surroundings, and then move forward with what you need in the moment. could be a walk, a break, or even just a rest. These are only a few of many exercises you can do to reduce stress and improve focus. As I mentioned before, mindfulness can also be done without a practice during your daily routine. Ask yourself a question. Is your mind full or are you mindful? A full mind is like being somewhere physically and in many different places in your mind. For example, you're trying to enjoy time with your family. You're there, but your mind is still at work thinking about that meeting that didn't go well or what it's going to mean for you in the future. You're stuck in two places, neither of which are in the present. We call them the woulda, coulda, shouldas of the past and the what-ifs of the future. Learning to let go of the past that you cannot control and things in the future you cannot predict can not only help you to live more pres- presently, but also reduce the stress that those type of thoughts cause. And other ways of training yourself to be mindful is to begin with simple tasks. Choose something in your daily routine. That you are usually on autopilot. Examples could be brushing your teeth, cooking, eating, making coffee or tea, or showering. First, slow down and pay attention to what you are doing. And then, engage your senses. What does that new brand of coffee smell like? How does that warm water feel when it reaches the top of your head in the shower? What does the toothpaste taste like? What does the water sound like when it's just about to boil? And what are the different textures you feel of the nuts and raisins you are eating? Being present and mindful during these activities can help you to be more present in other areas of your work and home life, resulting in an increased self-confidence and overall happiness. Are you practicing mindfulness when you're multitasking? I'm sure you know the answer. Having 20 tabs open on your browser while you're trying to finish a report, constantly being interrupted by email pop-ups, messages, and phone calls. Just talking about it is stressful. Neuroscience currently shows us that our brain's capacity for multitasking is extremely limited. Our minds are really built for doing one thing at a time. So again, mindfulness can show up by turning off the notifications that are not absolutely necessary, silencing your phone and putting it away, and focusing on finishing the task with as little interference as possible. I would like to conclude our discussion about mindfulness with self, self-compassion. Which, according to Dr. Kristen Neff, is something that is often overlooked. Dr. Neff developed an empirically supported program called Mindful Self Compassion. She is the co-founder of the nonprofit Center for Mindful Self Compassion and is an associate professor at the University of Texas at Austin. Compassion for others has a positive, commendable meaning. We know much less about self-compassion And there are many myths surrounding the concept, such as it means a person is weak, narcissistic, selfish, or complacent. Self-compassion is actually accepting ourselves the way we are, imperfect, flawed, and vulnerable. Having self-compassion can help us be more resilient in the face of crisis, and not only to endure it, but to thrive afterwards. Self-compassion can also lead us to accept difficult feelings with kindness towards ourselves. Lastly, I would like to leave you with a few tips on being mindful. The first is mindfulness cannot be forced. You must opt in to experience the, the benefits it has to offer. Second is practice, practice, practice. Mindfulness is a daily habit. A routine to help you stay healthy, just like exercising, eating healthy, and brushing your teeth. Third is to stop in and check with yourself several times a day. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? Answer and follow through. If you are interested in the Aware Mindfulness Program, our specialists will share knowledge and resources for six weekly telephone sessions to help you become an active participant in reducing stress, increasing focus, and living more present.